Virginia Child presents the Chicken Sisters. Miss Broiler, Miss Fryer, Miss Roaster, Miss Caponette, Miss Stewart, and old Madam Hen. But we're spotlighting Miss Roaster of the Year, measuring in at 14, 15, 14. We're roasting Miss Chicken today on The French Chef. Voice is good, voice good. Voice good. Voice, voice good. is the voice good? You know you want it loud. 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 I can't hear you. What? And you're listening to the to loud. <laughs> you're listening to loudspeaker. For as long as I can remember, I have loved the art of cooking. The kitchen is my sanctuary. The food is my therapy. For me, the aspects of putting a meal together puts me at peace. And of course, I love the eating part of the process too. But that's just me. Okay, on a bigger scale, let's face it. Food is one of the meccas of American culture. We love to buy it. We love to cook it. We love to eat it. Some of us even like to watch people buy it, cook it, and eat it. But as much as our focus is on food, there are some aspects of the food experience that we don't typically pay attention to. For example, the chef. Now, some of you might be like, Chandler, what are you talking about? I know my chefs. But as much as you might know a variety of cooks, there are some that you systematically will never get to meet. And the problem with that is, most of them are female. Today, University of Northern Iowa's Harrison Postler explains about the patriarchy that's happening in the kitchen. I come from a big family, big in height, numbers, and heart. But one thing we are not big about is being sexist. In fact, the postlers are so not sexist that I didn't even know what the sex was until, like... Okay, I still don't know, but I do know that it feels like a bag of sand. We are so not sexist that I didn't know all the basic male chauvinistic pig stuff. I didn't know what beer was, or that Ed Hardy existed, and that women belonged in the kitchen. It wasn't until cooking shows like Top Chef, or Master Chef, or Iron Chef, or Misogynist Chef told me otherwise that I figured it out. Even British Bullion Cube Gordon Ramsay recently told the UK Telegraph, Women can't cook to save their lives! Wait a minute, Ram Ram. That's wrong. Women can cook, and when would you need to cook to save your life? Just eat it raw. Oh, I was heated. I wish Gordon would get out of my grill. I was about to really cut him up and make more kitchen puns. When under my copy of Coolio's Ghetto Gourmet Cookbook, which is a real book, I found Charlotte Druckmann's 2010 essay, Why Are There No Great Women Chefs? which imaginatively asks, why are there no great women chefs? And explains that the culinary world is extremely discriminatory, which is just a microcosm for the way gender inequality continues to occur in the professional world. It's a kitchen nightmare, and Gordon Ramsay isn't here to save us. As a postler, I cannot abide by this. So I serve some problems on a plate, and then causes were also... Uh, on that plate, and solutions. All on one plate. Served cold, vengeance style. This is, after all, 
after dinner. I wish I could tell you I was watching Julie and Julia with another living, breathing person, but I wasn't. After the movie, I took to the internets to find out she's inspired a whole generations of chef and comedic impersonators that are almost entirely male. Problems. The chef-cook divide and women aren't welcome in professional kitchens. First, for the record, a chef and a cook are different things. Uh, when I gave this speech, we were in Texas, so think um, farmer for chef and then migrant worker for cook. Uh, they do the same thing, but only one of them is real, according to the census. Television tells us that women are only succeeding in contexts where they aren't considered professionals. Of the 15 women that have shows on the Food Network, only one doesn't have a show geared towards cooking for families. Of the 15 men, 11 have shows about being a professional chef. While there is an even 50-50 split between male and female chefs, the portrayal of these chefs shows the males as professionals and the females as domestic, which has culturally conditioned us to think women can't succeed in professional kitchens and should only do it at home. To be fair, nobody wants to go home with Guy Fieri. Nobody wants to go to TGI Fridays with him either. Problem number two. The Independent of January 27th, 2011 features an interview with the chef Michael Keynes in which he states, much like the roaches that are alive and well in every kitchen you go to, sexism is still alive and well in professional kitchens. And the work environment in most restaurants is like a junior high locker room. Anthony Bourdain tells the story of Beth the Grill Bitch, his favorite woman that ever worked for him. Whenever someone sexually harassed Beth, she would dry hump them. Hard. Beth the Grill Woman had to adapt a hyper-masculine attitude to fit in with her machismo co-workers. The message this sends is loud and clear. We don't want women in our kitchens, and if they are, they need to be like men. Mrs. Doubtfire. When researching this speech, I read The Hunger Games. That is a very misleading title. Not a game. Not about eating. But don't worry, ladies. I think that you belong in the kitchen. If you want to be there. The causes to this cooking conundrum are two. The public-private divide and meritocracies are biased. First, the public-private divide, which is basically the separation between the public and private spheres, or a restaurant kitchen and your home kitchen. According to Glenna Matthews' book, Running as a Woman, nipple chafing is no joke, and we still view potential to succeed in the professional world based upon sex. Women can do all the same things as men, just not in public, in their homes with their families, and that is why so many female-led cooking programs are geared toward the traditional housewife. For example... Bobby Flay legitimately has a show where he just goes into any kitchen and tells people that they are wrong. Oh my Martha. No female chef on television has that kind of leeway. The barefoot Contessa can't even wear shoes in her own kitchen. She can cook a mean cobbler, but apparently she can't hire one. Second, review cooking as a meritocracy. Cobblers make shoes, and it turns out meritocracies are biased. Anthony Bourdain's book, Kitchen Confidential, argues the kitchen is a meritocracy meaning whoever can cook best is rewarded, as long as you have a penis. And for once, size doesn't matter. Nor the shape. In a 2010 journal article in Administrative Science Quarterly, the authors conducted a little experiment, where they had two resumes that were identical except for the gender on the form. It gave them to 445 different meritocracies. Not only was the male version of the resume more likely to be promoted, they were also given larger salaries. And due to the lack of women, 
the right to pee in the women's restroom as long as they sit. The biased meritocracy world of cooking led Eat Me Daily's food expert Helen Rosner to claim, I have had cooks tell me they had no intention to listen because they did not feel women should work in kitchens. So I've gotten easier shifts and been continuously encouraged, even pushed, towards working in pastry. It is the world's first pastryarchy, my friend. And that is much less fun than it sounds. Even the TV show Chopped has undergone criticism as being fixed because the women almost never win. But it's time for the system itself to be putting on the chopping block. So let's put on our aprons, turn on the burner, and rewrite the recipe by first turning privilege into responsibility, and secondly, actively berating patriarchy. First, Peggy McIntosh's article unpacking the invisible knapsack states we need to turn privilege into responsibility, and then into an invisible knapsack again so we can unpack the responsibility. As you may have pieced together, this speech isn't just about women cooking. It's about patriarchies. We may have convinced ourselves that meritocracies are equal, but as long as white men are in charge of kitchens and politics and businesses and education and guns, more white men are going to replace them. Whoever is in power in a patriarchy retains it. This is not an issue of women not being able to cook. This is an issue of the men currently in charge of kitchens swallowing their pride and recognizing the patriarchal system they benefit from. But as Peggy McIntosh argues, maybe it's time we start looking at this like responsibility. So non-white males follow your dreams. White males stop crushing dreams. If we do this, your food will suck less, and the world will suck less, which just warms every cockle in my heart. Nay. Every vaginal. Second, actively berate patriarchy. Now hear me out. I've talked a lot about how these biases that lead to patriarchy are unconscious. This is largely due to the fact that when I talk about women and kitchens, people are expecting a bad punchline. We need to be active participants in undoing this. Thinking this is wrong does nothing. Do something about it. I've been involved with numerous student orgs geared toward actively undoing gender biases. I'm not ashamed to cry during Pixar movies, and sometimes, when I get lonely, I like to wear a dress. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't get lonely. And if I get dropped in this round, which is impossible, this is a podcast, I won't blame gender. I'll blame all the puns, despite them being excellent. Boom! Roasted! Oh, I'm on a roll. Better call it a day. All good dumplings must end. Okay, one too many. Today, we talked about some problems, causes, and solutions to our culinary conundrum. Turns out, all we have to do to end the pastryarchy is treat people with respect. And at least that's what I learned from my family. And that doesn't have to happen after dinner. It can happen during dinner as well. So, who's hungry? Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread had a fight. Beans not cornbread out of sight. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. Harrison Postler presented this speech while at the University of Northern Iowa. Special thanks to him and the loudspeaker crew. I'm Chandler Johnson, and you're listening to Loudspeaker. That's what Bean said to Cornbread. I'll be ready to my
Just your cornbread, you ain't straight. You better wake up or I'll gas you gate. Been in this pot since half past two.